Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you are just heading into work or moving on with your day, you can hear today's full edition of Detroit Today on the Detroit Today podcast. If you go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, you can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you and you can listen wherever or whenever you are ready. A busy day in the news Already, we've got negotiations still taking place in Washington over a continuing resolution to keep the government operating uh, for at least another month. We don't know yet how that's going to turn out. And as early as tomorrow morning, the government could be shut down if they don't reach a deal. Also, we just got word before we went on air here that the Board of Trustees at Michigan State University has called an emergency meeting for 10 a.m., This morning, lots of people already calling for the resignation of President Luanna Simon there in the wake of the Nassar uh, sexual abuse scandal. Uh, I would imagine that uh, the Board of Trustees will be addressing that at 10 a.m. We will catch up on that here on WDET as soon as we know more. A little later on the show today, we're going to talk about modern reboots of black exploitation films of the 1970s and what made that genre influential. We're seeing a lot of these reboots appear on the big screen and on the small screen. Right now, we're going to talk to an expert from Michigan State University about uh, these these films and sort of how they have influenced culture over the last 40 years. But first, yesterday, we found out that Detroit will not be home to Amazon's second North American headquarters. Uh, When the news was announced of the final 20 cities that are still in contention, uh, you could hear a collective sigh, it felt like, here in southeast Michigan, especially on social media where lots of people reacted very swiftly and very sullenly to the news. The internet retail giant says uh, the 20 cities include places like Chicago and Raleigh and Denver and Dallas and Atlanta. Washington, D.C. essentially made the list three times the district itself, as well as Northern Virginia and Montgomery County, Maryland, which are suburbs of D.C., all made the list. Cities that were missing were a lot of places like Detroit, places that need those jobs the most. Detroit and Baltimore, we had a very intriguing bid. Uh, So did did Baltimore, another city that I've lived in uh, for a lot of my life. Uh, They were notable admissions from yesterday's list. And so now that we know we won't be getting these tens of thousands of jobs and billions of dollars of investment from Amazon, what do we do now? Where do we go from here, and what does this say about these high-profile contests to lure huge corporations? Was this ever the right use of time and energy and resources here in the city of Detroit? That's where we start the conversation this morning, and we want to hear from you, especially about Amazon and its bid. Uh, what did you think about Detroit not even making? the list of 20 finalists for Amazon after all the effort that we put into making the bid for Amazon and coming up with what I thought was a particularly creative and energetic uh, way to to, to lure uh, that company to our city. Do you think we should be uh, spending a lot of time trying to get companies like Amazon to, to locate to Southeast Michigan, or should we maybe be concentrating on growing things that uh, we already have, growing advantages, investing in advantages uh, that we have had historically and things that we might uh, get going in the future? Also, call and tell us if you think it is an either or. 
In other words, do we have to pick one or the other? Do we have to go after huge corporations or try to grow things here? Or can we do a little better job of both? Uh, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, uh, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll work you into the conversation. And joining me now to talk about uh, this bid and the decision that Amazon made is Kirk Pinho. He's a reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. Crane's has done some of the most aggressive coverage of the Amazon bid, some of the most detailed coverage of what that bid looked like and the process of putting it together. Also with us this morning is Sandy Barua. He's the CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. Kirk and Sandy, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having with you. Yeah. Sandy, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, You were uh, an integral part of the team that put this pitch together. Uh, As I said, it was really impressive. I mean, as somebody, uh, you know, I'm a Detroit native. I've lived here most of my life. I don't know that I've seen us sort of – portray ourselves in that in that light uh, you know before I mean we, we tend to be harder on ourselves I think than, than sometimes the rest of the world is this was a really great uh, example of you know what happens when we all sort of pull together and try to tell the best story about Detroit so I was disappointed a little yesterday that we didn't even make the, the list of top 20 I'm curious what your reaction was as somebody who was uh, sort of centrally involved in this Well, I was disappointed as well, Stephen, and frankly, I was surprised. Uh, I was also disappointed because I had uh, made several bets, uh, including bets on television, betting steak dinners that we would be on this <laughs> on this list. So, uh, so now you owe some there is now video right? evidence of me uh, making very expensive bets, which I'll now have to pay up. Listen, uh, at the end of the day, uh, this was a fabulous experience, and I think everyone in the Detroit region should be incredibly proud of several things. First of all, that we were in a, in a position to compete for this. This would not have been the case five years ago, ten years ago. I mean, we were. You think in, we wouldn't have even gotten it together? Yeah, to we, get we, a we, we, you know, I don't think we would have been in the game. Secondly, the quality of the collaboration, the international partnership with Windsor, the quality of the actual bid document. I've been doing economic development for a long time. This was a world-class proposal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we're disappointed that we're we're not on the list. But, you know, we learned a lot. Uh, We have a template for future large-scale investments like this that would be beneficial to the region and the state. So I'm very happy with uh, the outcome. Yeah. You know, I— I sort of thought to myself several times during this process that there were things that we were doing that would be beneficial to us one way uh, or another. But the key to that really is, I guess, building on, uh, you know, that cooperation and that momentum and and dealing with some of these key deficits that we have. I mean, the one thing that people have talked about, I think, the most in the last 24 hours is hurting us in this this bid for Amazon is, you know, the lack of a, a decent transit system system here. You know, we turned that down at the polls uh, recently, and there may be another chance to do it. But, you know, if we can translate this effort to that, I don't know, maybe that counts as a win. Yeah. And again, th- there there are positives coming out of this. And if, uh, if this is a wake-up call for uh, folks and the importance of regional transit, uh, obviously we were very involved in the 
regional transit bid the last time around, and obviously it, it failed barely by 1.5 percent. But you know we'll take responsibility for our role in in that in that loss. But looking back on that campaign, it was very clear that you know we made the kind of moral argument for regional transit. We did not make the economic argument for regional transit. We did not make the argument what's in it for you, mm-hmm. average you know family, business owner, you know, person, you know, living in Macomb Township or Troy or, you know, uh, just just anywhere uh, in the region. Uh, and that was a shortcoming. So we obviously need to do better this next time around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kirk, as I said, Cranes did some of the most comprehensive coverage of the bid, of the process to put uh, the bid together of, of sort of how this all came together. Uh, I, I want to get your reaction uh, as well, but also hear from you what you're hearing from the, the other people who were involved in this uh, about about the, the result. Well, certainly the, 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 the regional and city leaders, Windsor, they're, they're disappointed that Detroit didn't make the, Detroit and Windsor didn't make the final cut on the final 20, but um, the people that I've spoken with have sort of viewed this as, you know, a good step in the right direction, you know, with regards to transit, you know, the, f- the first step in addressing a problem, a problem is recognizing and admitting <laughs> that, that, that it. <laughs> is recognizing and admitting that you have one. Um, and if that's one of the, uh, as Sandy says, one of the, uh, uh, you know, key reasons why Amazon didn't see our region to be fit to include on that short list, then that's sort of a, a, a you know, Kick, kick in the rear, I yeah. suppose. Um, the other issue would be um, the uh, perceived lack of an ability to attract and re- retain talent, talent. On, a, on, yeah. a, on a long-term basis. Yeah. We, we've known about you know the brain drain issue here in Michigan for a very long time. Has has it improved? Um, probably a little bit, but we're not at the level that 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 Amazon wants us to be at at this point in order to be considered for a 5 billion dollar investment in yeah. 50,000 people. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, that of course I noticed was the people who did make the cut uh, and and sort of how we compare to some of those places. Let's leave out places like Chicago or Atlanta or uh, Los Angeles or Miami. I think those are those are much bigger um, much bigger cities with a lot more sort of going for them already. I was a little surprised, I guess, to see Indianapolis on the list, to see Columbus on the list uh, ahead of Detroit. I mean, I think uh, not to not to disparage those cities in any way, but I do think uh, we're we're more on par with those places, uh, and and it made me wonder what's the. What's the difference between some place like Indianapolis or Columbus and Detroit that Amazon sort of finds one desirable and the other not? Well, well, Stephen, you know, at the end of the day, the only math that matters is the math that Amazon came up with. I mean, you know, give sure. me some examples. I mean, one of the great things about this process is the national media really put Detroit on the map. They really recognized Detroit as a key player. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were a CNBC. We were a top 10 city. Forbes, we were a top 20 city. Inc. Magazine, we were a top five city. Axios, we were considered a top five city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... But at the end of the day, you know, all those organizations did their analysis, put us in in the top tier. 
Amazon didn't. Right. So, uh, you know, how they evaluated Indianapolis versus Detroit or Toronto versus Detroit, we'll really never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had an opportunity to, you know, to talk very informally uh, with uh, some folks from Amazon right after the news was done. And, you know, it was a great courtesy call. They were incredibly positive about Detroit. I mean, incredibly positive about Detroit, incredibly positive about, you know, who we are and the talent that we have here and the and the story that we have. Have here, but you know this is economic development at the highest level. This yeah. is the NFL, right? right. <laughs> it, 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 it ain't it ain't beanbag, right? right? And you know, just you know, and it's just like anything when you're competing at the very very highest levels. Small things might make a difference. So I think at the end of the day, uh, for someone who was on the inside and who had a chance to talk to Amazon, I think it's very safe to say that Detroit was in it up until the very end. We were a very strong contender, and it was just a handful of things on the margin that didn't get us from, you know, maybe maybe we were 22nd on the list, uh, and that's why we're not 19th on the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to... Twitter and hashtag us, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. KG on Twitter says, poor education. Michigan ranks number 41. No one wants that for their workers or their children. Education is another uh, area or issue that I've heard a lot about in the last 24 hours where people think maybe we came up short uh, against some of these other cities. Let's go to the phones where we've got a lot of folks who want to participate in this conversation. Regina in Oak Park. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to comment on the transit issue uh-huh. um, in terms of this. In terms of this, uh, I appreciated what Warren Evans had to say about how he believes that transit played a key role in this decision, and I agree with that. Um, I would like to see the same level of engagement from my county executive, Brooks Patterson. Um, I've heard of late that uh, he may or may not support RTA transit on the on the ballot in 2018, and that he may even be pushing for um, the opt-out option for cities, which I think would basically make it not an effective transit proposal. And if he is really serious about these economic investments, such as Amazon did, then I want to see him publicly pushing for and endorsing a real regional transit plan for 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Regina, that's a great, that's a great point. Great insight. Uh, Thanks very much for the call. Uh, You know, we keep seeing, you know, uh, these negotiations take place uh, about whether to take another bite at the regional transit apple uh, this November. I, I get the sense that we're further away from that than uh, than we might want to be at this point. And, uh, and by further away, what I mean is further away from getting the kind of regional support for an RTA millage that that would get people to vote for it. I mean, the problem last time was that you had two county executives sort of standing on the sidelines with their hands in their pockets, uh, not working against it, but also not working to get it passed. You know, we've done this 40 times in my lifetime here in the, uh, in Southeast Michigan and never, never gotten it right. Uh, Are we closer, Sandy? Well, right now, the uh, Warren Evans has is driving that bus, no pun intended, and he's convening, you know, <laughs> the, the the mayor, the two other county executives, and they're trying to hammer out a deal as we speak. I'm not in that room, uh, so I don't know. Obviously, uh, I and the Detroit Regional Chamber have been hugely supportive 
of, of regional transit. We think it's important. We think one of the best uh, ways that you can enhance economic prosperity in a region is to allow people fast, safe, efficient movement between point A and point B for either work or for health care or for recreation or to, you know, to visit family. Uh, those are the things that, that make a region work. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, let's not forget that every time a smart millage has been on the ballot in our region, it has passed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, same thing for uh, uh, a DDOT has a very good record uh, in the city of Detroit in terms of passing those, you know, those, those millages for support. You know, what we have lacked is a comprehensive regional system that is unified. Uh, and, you know, I'm waiting for... Uh, you know, Warren Evans and the other county executives and the mayor to come up with a proposal that's hopefully something that we'll be able to support and get behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, thanks very much for that call. Let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, good, good morning, Stephen. Hey, Gene. Your uh, original assertion was correct. We can do both in terms of big projects as well as utilizing our strengths. Uh, the uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, international trade infrastructure uh, in the city that has been underutilized for years because it's no longer needed by the auto industry. Over a decade ago, there was a plan uh, to increase international trade, import-export with emerging uh, markets uh, uh, in the world uh, that was uh, implemented uh, supposed to be implemented by the uh, Economic Growth Corporation and the Chamber uh, jointly, and that was never done. I'd like to ask Mr. Baru if uh, uh, what happened then, and would the Chamber uh, be in support of uh, a program like that today? Mm. Yeah, great question, Gene. Go ahead, uh, Sandy. Uh, I, I appreciate the question, Gene. Uh, I've been in the role about seven years. I'm not familiar with the project that you are talking about, so perhaps it was something maybe my predecessor was, was working on. Uh, so if I had a little bit more information, I might be able to give you a more intelligent answer than I'm giving you right now. I will say this. Michigan is the eighth largest exporting state in the nation. Mm -hmm. We have some of the world's best and most successful global companies uh, right here in southeast Michigan and, and across the state. One of the challenges that we are focused on at the chamber is while our businesses are very global and we're a very global business state, our citizenry isn't always thinking of ourselves as a global citizen. We don't think of ourselves as a global powerhouse. Uh, you know, we we do have a tendency in Michigan to look a little insular. Yeah. And, you know, which is interesting because we're on the busiest border crossing in North America. <laughs> right. I mean, it's right across the street from my office, practically. <laughs> you know, we have, you know, thousands of people coming in from Canada into uh, the Detroit region every day to go to work, particularly in the healthcare yeah. uh, nurses region. And, yeah. um, the average... Auto um, uh, part uh, crosses the border about a dozen times before it finally gets installed into the Equinox or Fusion <laughs> that, that you know that we all drive. So uh, I I guess I can say about Gene's question is that I support the intent uh, and making us very uh, very much a global logistics hub. Yeah, uh, Kirk, uh, this this question of the either the either or uh, you know that's something we struggle with. A lot here in Detroit, and 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 at Cranes, uh, you you guys have sort of a front row seat to the, sort of the business community's discussion about this this kind of uh, yin or yang, I guess, uh, and, and the question of whether it's either or or both. But but try to put uh, for us this Amazon bit in the context of that. Is this is this a huge lurch in one direction? 
uh, that that distracts from other things, or are we doing better at this sort of mixture of, uh, you know, let's get a big let's get a big company to come here, but let's also fix, uh, you know, the the business climate for people who are here. I don't know if I would call it a distraction. I mean, if um you know, I, I I talked to someone with within an hour of this RFP coming out back back in September, and a pretty high ranking official, and they said it's a no brainer that that the city's going to go after it. And two hundred and thirty seven others did. Right. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, and and the, the the city has been attracting outside investment from, for example, companies like Adiant that you know moved here from Milwaukee, yes. and they you know took down a building downtown and spent a lot of money renovating it. Um, and there has been efforts, you know, via the DEGC and and others through, you know, the Motor City Match program to give uh, capital and you know investment in small in small business. Mm-hmm. Um, that that thing issues. I think it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, uh, or not a month, a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be off, but uh, one way or the other. I mean, the the this the city does have sort of like an e- uh, both. Uh, you know, threads going. Um, the Amazon was, you know, the the the, the white whale, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, the it, you know these things are these things are ongoing. Um, to you know, you know, quote some uh, people. You know, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> right, right. Go ahead, Sandy. You know, Stephen. Uh, uh, just to Kirk's point on that. You know, if anyone is concerned who who might be listening, that you know, a lot of governmental resources were spent on this quest for Amazon. I just want to assure folks that that was not the case. I mean, you know, yes, the mayor, you know, was was supportive of the effort, was 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 obviously integral. His leadership was 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 hugely important to this, but it, this was really, you know, from a work standpoint, it was, you know, it was it was Dan Gilbert and and the Rock team, it was organizations like the chamber and others, you know, that are privately funded, that we're putting resources into this. Uh, certainly, you know, the mayor's team, you know, you know, provided advice and counsel. In fact, uh, uh, Kirk's paper, uh, Cranes, uh, you know, through a FOIA request, you know, you know, got a lot of those emails, and and you can kind of see the collaboration of you know private entities and nonprofit entities like the chamber and Dan's organization uh, in terms of how this came about. So it's not like you know. You know, gazillions of of public dollars were spent mm-hmm. on uh, creating this stuff. I mean, this beautiful um, uh, bid document that uh, that was uh, you know that is now public. That was all privately produced. Right, right. No, and and that was. I mean, uh, again, like I just haven't seen us put that kind of face forward to the world right. before here in Detroit. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, pitch and it's. I mean, that makes it all the more disappointing, I guess, that it didn't click with uh, with Amazon was because I, I, you know, I was moved by uh, that pitch, and I think a lot of other people here were and, too. And you know, the other thing I just want to say about uh, about talent. I mean, yes, there's a lot of speculation that you know that that talent uh, issues and transit issues were were part of the reason, and I have no doubt that you know I'm sure that factored into Amazon's thinking. But it's really important to remember that yes, we do have some education challenges in this region. I mean, you know, I think one of the callers mentioned you know how Michigan is dropping in mm-hmm. terms of its educational ranking. But it's also important to remember that in Southeast Michigan, there's no place on the planet. That has more engineers per capita than in Southeast Michigan. We're number one in the world. We are number six in the nation for the number of PhDs 
per capita mm-hmm. right here. We are the, I mean, when you look at how uh, people like Dean Gilbert can hire the incredibly talented people that they need uh, uh, right here in Detroit uh, to, to make their businesses successful and grow, uh, we wouldn't be the center of next generation mobility. Uh, you know, if we didn't have the kind of talent that we do here. So, you know, the, the talent glass, in my opinion, is very much a half full story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take another call here. Suzanne in Bloomfield Hills. Suzanne, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, how are you? Yeah. Thank you for letting me um, hear my opinion. I think my daughter goes to school in Ithaca, New York. Um, so she's at Cornell. Mm-hmm. And her friends who can't make it home for the holidays, who um, are from overseas and from different parts of the country, um, are not allowed to and don't want to come spend the holidays here because of the perception that Detroit is a dangerous place. Mm. Their parents still feel that that, no matter what progress we've made in the city, they still, around the country, view Detroit is dangerous. Where wow. the what is what is what do the hats say? Um, where the meek are killed and eaten. Yeah. Um, that whole tough approach. They actually still believe that well, Detroit's dangerous. They so what's neighborhoods. So what's and interesting? They, what's interesting to me about that uh, uh, is is that y- you say you live in Bloomfield Hills, so these wouldn't even be people coming to the city necessarily. I mean, Bloomfield Hills pretty far from Eight Mile Road, but but that that's still. Uh, that perception still uh, still permeates, uh, I, you know, that that kind of thing, that kind of reminder, I think, is is important for us that that uh, as much as we've made progress here and know that we've made progress, that some people in other places still don't see us as uh, as having made the progress that we did. So, Suzanne, I, I, I really appreciate uh, the call and uh, the comments. All right, Sandy Barua, CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, Kirk Pinho, reporter with Cranes Detroit Business. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much. Up next, we're going to talk about modern reboots of black exploitation films of the 1970s and what made that genre influential. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 